Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Ellie. And this is Tea with with Beth and Ellie. On this podcast, we will spill the tea on all the things you need to know about nutrition. So let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to our podcast. Hi, everyone. Today, we have a fun little topic to talk about. Yeah, fussy eating. Yeah, Beth's very well uh, versed in the fussy eating field. It's fun. It's hard work Yeah, for everyone involved. Yeah, but you also have a lot of fussy eaters. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah, real ones. Yeah, real fussy eaters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Sorry, (laughs) 16-year-old partner, you know. Even you. Kind of fussy. Yeah, I just don't like mushrooms, but yeah. Or chicken thigh. No, you like <laughs> I like chicken thigh. Now I've desensitized myself. Yes, yes. You'll hear more about that later. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I guess what's fussy eating? Not Basically. eating very many foods. Not having yeah. a lot of variety in your diet. Not being willing to try things. Yeah. Um, There's a tendency to sort of be, you know, stuck on things mm. like same, same, same over and over, daily in, day out. And, you know, there can be, I suppose, color associations, textural associations. Um, The the food is really chewy or if it's dry or if it's wet or, you know, those sorts of things I find is um, what I... I suppose would put someone into a fussy eating category. Mm, Yeah. And you do often see that with a lot of younger children. You know, they'll Mm. eat a lot of white foods. Like you'll see them just eating chicken nuggets and potato and bread that are all very white. Yeah, absolutely. But never cauliflower. No. (laughs) And definitely not broccoli. No. That's not white. It's green. Mm. Um, Terrifying. Terrifying vegetable broccoli. Mm, It is. Definitely. Does um, does that happen to kids though? No. There are plenty of adult fussy eaters out there. Yeah. You may be one of them. But you're not a lost cause. No. No. We can do things. Yeah. It's harder because there's a lot more sort of unpacking we have to do Mm. with an adult rather Mm. than a kid um kids can be kind of um you know rewarded well yes for things and also they're like sponges so if they're Mm. they're seeing other people eating things Mm. they're probably more likely to try something whereas once you're an adult you kind of decided yeah i don't eat that food yeah. And then it just never makes an appearance in your diet ever again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it, it's really hard, I suppose, for families that have got fussy eaters. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, parents who are cooking multiple meals or, mm-hmm. you know, you might have one kid that eats this, another that eats this, and then the, the rest of the family eat the other meal. So there's multiple meals coming in. And yeah. that, I mean, that kind of level of preparation and time and yeah. thought process basically has got you know would be sending parents and families around the bend oh, absolutely and just not to mention the fact that if you have a small child who's a fussy eater mm. or isn't a very good feeder if it is like a quite young child yeah. just the stress of that situation yeah am i feeding them enough yeah. or are they you know are they getting what they need yeah. and, you know yeah and are, just are why the heck aren't they eating <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah so That's, it's yeah. it's a real problem Really, it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that if we start early with kids, you've got a better chance of making some changes earlier on in the the younger years. I suppose the longer that you leave it on, the more independent they get. Yeah. And then the more fussy. Yeah. And like this actually needs to start this kind of intervention or or way of creating that healthy eating relationship or Mm. healthy food relationship. It really starts from the moment solids are introduced. So if you are a parent who's or someone who's either about to have a child or has just had a child 
or you're in that period just before solids are started, mm. this information that we'll have today is like key yes. for you because as soon as someone starts solids, that's when you're setting up their relationship for food for life. Exactly. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so what can we do? Well, we can, I suppose, number one is be role models. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's probably number one. And I think a lot of families tend to feed the kids first, then put the kids to bed, then yeah, have tea themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that I think, you know, we don't get that opportunity to role model mm. when that sort of behavior happens in the home. Yeah. You know, eating at a table. Yes. Just eating at the table together. Yeah. Um, even if it's not both parents, if one parent's at work or whatever, you know, as long as there's, I think, one Role model. Role model. Yeah. Or even if it's an older child. Like yeah. if for some reason you can't have parents sitting at the table, mm. having someone that is that example, even if it's a babysitter, like just mm. eating the same food. Yes. Like that's what is so important because for a child, if they're unfamiliar with lots of different foods and they're kind of just getting introduced to these foods, to them, it can be scary. Yeah. Like it could be poison. For mm. all they know. Especially since that um, slime is also green. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, things oh my God, are slime green is gross. Other colours yeah. that, you know, they associate with other things. And they might be like, oh, well, broccoli's the colour of slime. I'm going to eat that. Yeah. But because they don't have that familiarity, if there's someone in front of them, someone older than them, someone that they're looking up to that is eating that food, mm. it immediately makes it feel more safe. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 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 The longer that you leave that going on, that those kind of beliefs are stuck, mm. getting stuck in there, yeah, yeah. in that child's um, system there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So role modeling. Role Make modeling. sure that you're also, like your diet needs to include the kinds of foods that you want your children to include. If you don't eat any vegetables, yeah. I bet you really want your child to eat vegetables. There's no hope for them to eat vegetables if you're not willing to eat them in front mm, of them. That's right. And I guess also along those lines, you don't want to make a point or as best as you can try and stop other children from making a point of not liking something. Mm. So if you don't like broccoli, don't be like, ew, yuck, that's disgusting, I hate broccoli. Or try to avoid having your other kids say it because those kinds of comments are going to immediately make that child that is, you know, learning how to eat yeah. resistant to eating that food because Absolutely. somebody's gone, ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if you just try and keep all food neutral. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Then you're probably going to end up with a child that's more likely to try and mm. also eat yeah. more I, variety. That's right. I think another important fact is is that you want your kids to um, really, especially at that introduction, you know, of solids and introduction of tex- different textures, and you know, as they age, they, you know, there's different milestones that you really want to be, I suppose, tuned into that, understand those mm. processes because they are important milestones with regards to um, bringing in different textures of foods and you know they've got to eat this at this certain month they've got to eat this at certain you know like so that's where i think a dietitian can come in handy Mm. to be stepping you through that you know milestones and 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 getting them to play with their food and really exploring types of foods and textures and yeah playing like a lot of kids i know don't play because the parents are worried that they're going to make a big mess it's Mm. like we just have to get our kids into the just touching stuff in it all over them all over their face all over their ears in their nose licking you know, it in their hair yeah smelling it sticking it up 
all nice. the wrong places yeah so. absolutely they need to get in there and get it done like there's so many like you can get these little mats and stuff around your high chairs we just need to get those and then just you just take it out the back and hose it or yeah you know yeah. that way the kids are just having a, a really good yeah. time with their food yeah and you don't you also want to make sure that you're allowing them to do that yes. without any kind of um, stress yeah yeah and also like don't be running behind them picking everything up as they're doing it like you mm. don't want them to get the negative idea that oh, you know be, yeah. i shouldn't be throwing it on the floor because it needs to get picked up straight away like just let them have a ball yeah make the biggest mess ever and then once they finish their meal time then you go and clean and they it can up help later you pick it up if they're yeah. if they're age appropriate yeah you know? absolutely mm. but just allowing them to do that without sort of making them feel like the mess is not appropriate yes or, oh my gosh um, she got some stuff on my rug or yeah. whatever yeah. yeah exactly don't worry about that so i think this is kind of steering more in the direction of just general fussy eating, I think, mm. for children. Yes. Not adults. I don't think this would go down well with adults. <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> they don't want to be parented. Um, <laughs> but with your children, like, again, not a lost cause. If you've got no. children who are 14, 15, and they're really fussy eaters, and mm. you're kind of like, what the heck do I do with them now? If you are a parent... And you still have some level of control over yeah. your children until they're actual adults, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they have, like, a lot of things at that age that they like, don't they? Yes. Like computer technology yes. and stuff. So we can have a barter system happening there, yes. like a little bit of a reward system. Not where I was going. Oh, but okay. <laughs> yes, My 16-year-old. <laughs> I have a 16-year-old. That's what I do. But I was going to say, Sorry. some things that you can do is you can just sort of have a rule or a precedent that goes, my child can decide how much food Mm. they want to eat. Yeah. But I get to decide the menu. Yeah. So you don't end up in this situation where, you know, you make something and then they're just like, throw a tantrum until you give them something else. It's Mm. always, you can decide how much you want to eat of that. If you don't want to eat that, that's fine, but I'm not cooking something else. Yeah. Like I decide the food, you eat how much you want of it. Yeah. And obviously there's negotiation in there. Exactly. Um, and bartering and whatever else. Yeah. Like there's a reward system. Like you can add all that stuff in there. But one of the biggest problems I think with fussy eaters is that if you're always just caving and giving yeah. them what they want, they're never actually going to branch out and get familiar with other foods That's and right. try foods and, and, you know, get pushed into that kind of um, uncomfortable, uncomfortable zone, zone to yeah. try some new things. You yeah. actually need to be a little bit pushy in going – you can eat as much of that as you want, but that's all I'm yeah. cooking. Another note on that, I think you've got to remember that the the tension in the room needs to be low. Like, yeah. um, I mean, the environment, we don't want it to be yelling and we don't want it to be, you know, negative, I mm. suppose, because the kid will then be like, it'll just create that negativity around, yeah. um, around foods and stuff. And I think that's where you see the stuff comes at eight, as an adult. You know, yeah. when I was a kid, we were told that we had to finish everything on our place, whether mm-hmm. we, you know, we liked it, whether we could eat it, whether it was, you know, too much or not. Yeah. Um, we had to eat it. And then there's, you know, I see it with adults now that they are like, I will flat out dead set refuse to eat that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. It's because I was forced to eat it as a kid. So yeah. there's that. I think you've got to be really careful with the, the environment and mm-hmm. the, yeah, so kind of keep keep the, the energy levels, you know, yeah, positive. Yeah, and I think that's also by always providing a food that is a food that someone likes. So you can 
I don't know, really basic example, you might have a child who generally doesn't really like vegetables, but mm. they really like potato. Yeah. So you make some chicken with mashed potato and vegetables. Yeah. And you put it all on their plate and they can decide whether they're going to eat any of the vegetables or all of them or none of them or a little bit of them. Um, and you give them as much potato as they want and you give them as much chicken as they want. But the point is that you're not going to make something separate for them. They yes. can just eat the potato and the chicken if they yeah. want to eat the potato and the chicken mm. and that's all they want to eat. So you're kind of going, this is what I'm cooking. Mm. There's something there you definitely like. There might be something there that's not your favourite. Yeah, that's right. But we'll still put it on your plate and you can choose how much of it you want to eat. Yeah. So it's it all comes down to, like, you're not going to, like, you know, make tripe and then force your child oh, to gosh. eat it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but making sure that, you know, you are giving your children opportunities to branch out mm. and, you know, become familiar with other foods. But whilst there's still a familiar food there or a food that you definitely know that they like. So yeah. there's never the feeling that they're going to go hungry. Yeah. But there's always an opportunity to branch out a bit. That's right. And eat something. And it's there. They're yes. getting around it. They're touching yes. it. They're, you know. And we always say that it takes, what, 10 15. to 30 exposures yeah, exactly. of a food yeah. before you might even try it. And I can say that's happened for me. It's happened for Beth yeah, definitely, recently. Definitely. With chicken thighs. Yes. So yeah, I refuse to eat that. Yeah. Mm. And now, like, after multiple exposures to chicken thighs, all of a sudden it's your favourite. It's my favourite chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it just takes that time mm. um, of just that, that little bit of exposure every now and again. Yeah. And it might take 30 times. It might take, it might take 12 it every, months. Yeah. Like, literally. Not yeah. even kidding. Yeah. And then eventually you try it and it's just in the right combination with the right kinds of foods and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I like that now. Exactly. The other thing you've got to remember there is to maybe try not to bribe your kids, mm. try not to bribe them with food, mm-hmm. you know, try not to um, cave, like you said, with, um, you know, okay, they're not eating this, so I'm going to make you some sausages because that's what you'll eat. Yeah. Um, because they know you're going to do that. Yeah. And then they're going to do it every time, yeah. you know, so there's... Um, there is a point where you do definitely need to um, be consistent. Yes. And that's why when you're always providing a food that you know they'll eat. Yes. Then at least there's always something there. Like they can't actually just chuck a fit and be like, I don't eat any of this. This is disgusting. That's right. Because you're like, well, no, you do like mashed potato. So Mm. you can just have mashed potato for dinner because you love it. Yeah. Even if you don't want to eat the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what about our adults who are fussy eaters? What, what yeah. can we do with you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, this one really comes down to actually if you want to do Motivation. it or not. Motivation. Yeah. yeah. So you're an adult now. You can decide what you want to do and no one's going to be forcing you to mm. expand your repertoire of foods. That's right. <laughs> I think there's a lot of to say with like what your goals are. Mm. Like, you know, if mm. your goals, if you're, you're kind of, if your wife or, or husband is like, you really need to eat more and it's not really your decision, mm. then you're probably not going to do it. But yeah. um, if you're kind of going, well, look, you know, I've got high sugars and maybe I need to kind of consider changing my food, yeah. um, you definitely can do it. Yeah. You know, there are options. And again, it's the it's the exposure, mm. isn't it? It's like, yeah. okay, well, um, I've just, I have to eat it and I have to eat a small amount of it, but yeah. just exposing yourself yeah. and eating it to and- eating it regularly. I think like just even a way that you can do that, like if we use broccoli as an example, if you're yep. just someone who's hated broccoli your whole entire life, mm-hmm. but for some reason the tree intrigues you and you just really want to be able to enjoy that tree. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a bit crazy. Sugar. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, so like what you can do is you just make sure there's always broccoli in the fridge yep. and at every single meal you cook yourself up one a little, little floret. Th- yeah, one floret. A little tree for exactly. you to munch on. And like you just eat that every mm. day. You just put it on your plate and it's just that one little floret yes. that you have to get down. If you do that every single day for 30 days, probably mm. in 30 days the flavour won't be so offensive to That's you. Right. Or you will have kind of become used to it. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, hmm, this actually isn't so this bad. It's not too bad. Mm. And, you know, if you were having a stir-fry, just dipping just dipping your little bit of broccoli in the stir-fry and just being a bit adventurous about how you eat it. Because yeah. a lot of people don't just like plain steamed vegetables. And I think that was the next thing I was mm. going to make is that a lot of people are just cooking it that way yeah. or a, a certain way that is just gross. Boring. Like boiling yeah. the bejeebas out of it. Until it's like grey and Ooh. like goopy. I will not eat that. Yeah. And I am a dietitian. Like roast no, veggies. Oh my god. Like what is wrong with people and not understanding roast veggies are like the, the queen of all vegetables. I think that, I think the roast veggies is like you know, because we grew up with it being a Sunday thing, mm. and it's like, well, that's a special occasion. It's like, nah, man, you can have it on a Tuesday yeah, night. Have it like every day. In <laughs> fact, roast up your veggies on a Sunday yes. and roast like mm. ten extra vegetables, mm. and then just put them in the fridge and heat them up when you want to eat them. Literally, I actually think that you know, second day roast veggies are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, roast veggies. Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the the gold standard of how to cook Mm. vegetables yeah absolutely but chucking a little bit of parmesan cheese or you know some seasoning i think we forget that salt and pepper goes a long way when it comes to vegetables curries yeah stir fries fries, go nuts when you're adding veggies to like your stir fries and your stews and your your bolognese and like anything that's got a lot of sauce and flavor yeah like if you just get out of the thinking of oh well bolognese is just meat Mm. and sauce and just be like no let's just add a heck load of veggies to that and you won't even know it's there yeah but what about if you don't know how to cook ellie (laughs) (laughs) well if you don't know how to cook yeah that's um, that i think that's a big problem Yes. With a lot of people. Is it like a, a big deficit there? Yeah. And I think that if that is your problem, then you kind of just need to learn. Yeah. Like that is such an important skill. Mm-hmm. And also if you have kids, you want to be able to teach your kids how to cook as yeah. well. Yeah. Because it can be generational, pass- can't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And passing on those healthy eating behaviors and healthy, um, having a positive relationship with food. Yeah. Like that can come through cooking food and touching food and playing with food. And so if you don't actually know how to cook food, mm. then, you know, look up some recipes, watch YouTube videos. YouTube okay. videos are so like yep. good because you can watch someone actually Absolutely. do the, the cooking in front of you and just pick easy things. And there's nothing wrong with using a recipe base. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yes. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Like yeah, it's I... as easy as chucking a recipe base with some veggies and some meat and you've got a delicious yep. dish. Yeah. Like, Tacos seasoning makes a big appearance yes. in my house. Yeah. Mm. So I think that for adults, it's really just about having that motivation around mm. going, no, I want to expand my diet. I want to create more variety in the foods I eat. Yeah. Just because that helps with optimal nutrition and getting enough of the nutrients yeah. and things that we Feeling actually better need. And being healthier. And... Yeah, exactly. Mm. So yeah, it's just about actually giving yourself that exposure. Yeah. And going, you know, even though I really don't want to eat this tuna because it smells like cat food. <laughs> That's every, you. <laughs> every six months I try and give a little do bit of go. No, I do. Really? Yeah. Every oh. six months I'm like, oh. You whinge at me every day when I get mine out. 
stinks. But I actually have, like, I want to be able to eat tuna. I love it. Because it's such a good food for you. Mm. And I'm like, but I can't get past the smell. But, you know, every six months I'll, I'll be game enough to give it another try. Mm. And I'm like, no, nah, still not there. <laughs> but it's just all about having that that kind of motivation yeah. and, and the determination to kind of keep pushing through even yeah. if you're a bit like yeah this ain't my favorite food <laughs> i don't like mushrooms i can try. be honest with you I, but i have i've got it to the point where i can eat it in little tiny squares yeah <laughs> like in a, like in, a, in a sauce and that's what you have to do sometimes mm. and then you know you cut it up a little bit bigger each time until eventually you get to the point that you're like oh i can have a slice of a mushroom rather than just yeah. a tiny little piece yes that's that yeah Definitely, I'll probably be there in like another 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all about exposure. And it's trying, it's yeah. trying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. So I think that's really just what you have to do with your fussy eaters. Yeah. If you have kids, you just kind of have to... Be nice, but, yeah. you know, and be, yeah, keep that um, calmness yeah. in, the, in the air, but definitely, you know, give them a little shove, a little yeah. push to... Um, to uh, try yeah yeah always provide something familiar with something unfamiliar yeah you want to be doing that role modeling every day yeah every day you want to be allowing them to play and be adventurous with their food Mm -hmm. but get messy yep but you don't want to be um caving with your kids if they don't like a food you just have to go all right well we just don't eat that yeah part of that dish that's right you can pick the mushrooms out so you can kind of see where that cave, like continuing that behavior and then having three different kids who are all eating three different mm. things can get out of hand. And, you know, so the parents are doing, you know, those three different meals plus the adult meal. Mm. Um, yeah, you've really got to try and get it a bit more streamlined yeah. so that you've got more time for yourself, more time for your family, uh, more calm time, yeah. you know, so it's not kind of chaos yeah and all of that to say it doesn't mean that your child's always going to like every food you know yeah you might give them tomato every single day for six months and every time they refuse it and that might just be a genuine dislike for that food and that's Mm. all right and maybe you do need to kind of you know figure out what you're providing your kids to eat if that child really doesn't like tomato but if it's just kind of general fussy eating yeah then you really need to sort of try and get rid of that as soon as possible i think we'll dictate that's right what you're cooking and I think, you know, being SOS dietitians, we can um, determine whether that it's something else, whether it's textural or, mm. or behavioural. What is it? You know, is it is there actually something going on there that we yeah. have to be thinking more about? But even if it is textural, you still can do the, the therapy for it. So yeah. it just takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And one other thing which we'll leave you with, which Beth um, often says, well. is that, Often it's the parents that's the problem. Oh, I was trying to not go to this point. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it actually is, though. And, you know, sometimes you do just need to engage with a health professional or a dietitian Mm. to realise that maybe something that you need to change that will help your child to have a better relationship with food. That's true. Because we do bring our own ideas and our own biases and all that sort of stuff into the way we feed our kids. Yeah. And we actually just really want to set our kids up well. And if you don't have a healthy relationship with food and you are unintentionally putting that on your child, That's right. yep. you will cause them to have an unhealthy relationship with food mm. as well. So, yes. yeah, if you do find that your, your children are quite fussy, it might even be a time to kind of check yourself and go, yeah. am I doing everything to give my child the best start in having a positive relationship with food? Yeah. 
because yeah if it's something you need to change sometimes you just need someone else to kind of come alongside you and be able to pick up on give, that thing. and give you the hard line well not a hard line but definitely yeah, it is yeah. it's hard Beth it's hard that. to hear i do i'm very much like that so if you want to some real talk come here <laughs> <laughs> quite forthright and being like you are the problem <laughs> no i'm nice i'm not i'm not like that. No, no i'm actually no. really nice about yeah. it but no, i will tell so. you yeah definitely <laughs> I, don't, I don't really need to defend you no. we all know you're good <laughs> um yeah that's fussy eating i think yeah is it? fussy eating 101 but i guess that's it that is so i suppose today. don't forget to subscribe to us our podcast if you haven't already can you subscribe yeah Oh, okay. We've got heaps of subscribers. Oh, yeah. Well, subscribe to our podcast. Wow, that's really bad. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and like us on Facebook and social media. We're, on, we're going on TikTok, so keep your eyes out for that. Yeah. I'm so that's old. Gonna, that's our accountability to actually do that. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, connect with us on socials. We're going to be very present in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all the good stuff coming. Love it. Cool. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.